Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, you're listening to Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim. And this week, we're bringing you our review of Marry Me, plus covering off all the latest movie and trailer news. I'm Tim Ifland, movie buff. And I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist. And we love to talk all things movies, don't we, Lee? We do. And today we're talking Marry Me. In Marry Me, music superstars Kat Valdez and Bastion are getting married on stage before a global audience of millions. But when Kat learns seconds before her vows that Bastion has been unfaithful, on a whim she decides to marry Charlie, a stranger in the crowd instead. An interesting premise, which I can't wait to delve Mm. into the world of rom-com here and what this one offers. Now, the film is directed by Kat Koiro and she's directing the upcoming Disney Plus original Mm. series, She-Hulk. Cannot wait for that one. The screenplay is by Harper Dill, John Rogers and Tammy Sager and based on the graphic novel by Bobby Crosby. The movie stars Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson, Maluma, Sarah Silverman, Michelle Biteau, Chloe Coleman and John Bradley. Now, we first meet Kat Valdez, who's played by Jennifer Lopez. Mm -hmm. And as it's said in the film, at the end of a tour and the beginning of a lifetime. You know, all on the surface, things seem to be going great for her. Her and her fiancé have the biggest song of the year in Marry Me, Mm -hmm. out in the world. So catchy. So catchy. Are we going to sing it at some point? (laughs) (laughs) You did sing it while we were off the air, and I wish I was recording at that point. Um, You know, they're engaged, about to get married in front of a streaming audience of 20 million people. But it doesn't stay all rainbows and lollipops, does it, for long? No, it doesn't. But this movie is a sweet, I'd say by the book, romantic comedy. Yeah. And is that a bad thing? No. It's a good thing. No. It's fine. Yeah. It isn't too sickly sweet either. It walks that Mm. line really well. Yeah. It's a fresh, relevant romance for the modern age, I think you would Mm. say. You know, it's... It's old-fashioned, but they they modernise the rom-com genre and tropes by throwing in, obviously, what is very prevalent in our world is the use of social media and Mm. our relationship with social media and uh, celebrity culture and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and producer Elaine Goldsmith-Thomas has said Marry Me allows audiences to discover the human behind the image. Yeah, 
And usually traditionally, correct me if I'm wrong, but rom-coms are usually quite insular in terms of the protagonist. The, you know, traditionally mm. the man, the woman, they meet in unique circumstances. This rom-com is certainly no different. Mm. But you don't really get to see much of their world other than maybe a best friend here who who kind of has their say on the situation. Right. Here, the whole world is involved in this new romance. Yeah. So that adds a different layer to this rom-com. And it kind of flips the usual rom-com on its head, doesn't it? Because it begins mm. with a wedding. Yes. Instead of ending with one. Yeah, that's right. Very true. You know, you talked about the social media earlier. I was on two sides of the fence about the technique they used throughout the film, Mm. using a phone screen to frame the world. Yeah. So we as the audience are viewing what happens as the public would through our phone screens with all the hearts and the likes. How did Mm. you feel about that technique? That's a good question. Like it felt a little corny and phoned in at times, but Mm. it is how people see the world. They see the world through their phones. Yeah. You know, when when Kat Valdez is on stage realising that when Bastian has cheated on her, no one's really looking at her. They're looking through their phones at her. So it was a very, Mm. I guess, modern sense of how people see the world and capture Mm. the world. How how did you feel about it? Well, like I said, I was on two sides of the fence about it. You know, Mm. one thing I thought it was really clever. Yeah. And sometimes when it happened too much, I was like, ah, my eyes. A bit much, yeah. Yeah. Like an assault in the emoji (laughs) senses. (laughs) On the senses, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Fair enough. You know, I wonder how much of this actually mirrors J-Lo's life because she really leans into the whole superstar thing and, and, you know, it is her life. Yeah, absolutely. They mentioned that Kat has been married three times and one of them tries to release a sex tape, which I think is actually accurate, isn't it? Oh, no. Has she been caught up in a sex tape? No. Well, she was married three times and there was one Mm. husband who's a bit of a douche uh, who tried to release some home movies and she was had him in court for years trying to stop him from doing it. Right. So, yeah, I found that interesting. Yeah. That, you know, it's like you're watching J-Lo, but it's a fictionalised J-Lo. It's really leaning into that that aspect. And I guess you could say on the surface that this performance, this character of Kat wasn't really much of a stretch, but more of a, like, for her, because she is a superstar who has the world looking and judging her every day. But, I don't know, she felt very at ease and comfortable in the same place, like, Yeah, I mean, this is her experience of Mm. being a music superstar. She's more than just a music superstar. Obviously, she's an incredible actress and businesswoman. Mm. And you could say she's playing to type, I guess, but but we never get to see the other side of this with J-Lo. No, you're right. So it's interesting that we get to see the other side now. Yeah. You mentioned it's like a fictitionalized version of Jennifer Lopez herself because there are so many similarities. It's almost mm. like she's holding a mirror up to herself in in Cat. And that gives, a, I guess, a sense of authenticity yeah. to a performance that no True. one else would really be able to deliver if they weren't already a superstar in their own right. Yeah. No, I don't think there's anyone else that could play this role. Yeah. Perfect casting there. Absolutely. If I was going to be a bit nitpicky about mm-hmm. the story, yeah. did you think the stakes of the main relationship weren't all that high? Mm-hmm. You know, when it hits that bump in the road, as all these kind of movies do, it felt really soft and gentle. And I was arguing with myself about whether that was a good thing or a bad thing. You know, they just sort of separate amicably without much fuss. It's very mature and a bit underwhelming. Her and Bastian. No, her and Owen Wilson as well. You know, of course, the relationship hits a bump. It always does. Mm. You know, there's no cliched misunderstandings or drama, but that's probably a good thing, isn't it? Because really hitting us over the head with it would have been overdone. I like that this is doing something different. Yeah, it was definitely wrapped up in its own version of cotton wool. Like they didn't want to get too deep or too dramatic. Mm. It just kind of coasts along um, and invites you on this really like, I don't know, 
fairy floss type relationship yeah. bloss- blossoming out, I it's, guess. It's warm and, and comfortable. Yeah. So, but it's very aware of that. It's, yeah. it's playing on hope. And there's a couple of obviously rom-com tropes, like lines that people say that are very prevalent here. Mm. We're all looking for love. Love is about sacrifice, you know, embracing spontaneity of life, things that, you know, mm. the character of Charlie played by Owen Wilson struggles with. He's just very by the book, you know, elementary teacher, mm. doesn't really have much of an exciting life, quote unquote. So there's yeah. all those things that we see in a rom-com here, but this one's just wrapped up in cotton wool but a little more. But he's very content in his life, isn't he? He is, and that's fine. He's got this beautiful relationship with his daughter mm. that there he's like trying to support her through her sorts of things that she's struggling with. It's a really nice story with nice characters yeah, in it. which isn't a bad thing. It's not. No, it's lovely. Let's talk about the music and the costumes, etc., because this is a spectacle. Isn't it just? Isn't it? And I would 100% buy this soundtrack. Oh, yeah, I want to. Yeah, I could also just watch like a whole film full of J-Lo bangers. <laughs> and this is like nine original songs, I think, yeah. all J-Lo bangers. Some, what, what was your w- favourite? Oh, I don't know if I could pick a favourite, but I could pick one that I wouldn't mind if it wasn't in there. <laughs> Maybe not the church song. <laughs> oh, I, that was one of my favourites. Church, church, church. <laughs> <laughs> With the sexy nuns. and. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I, how did I forget about the sexy nuns? It was very pop superstar, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Look, th- did you know that this is the first time that J-Lo has ever made an album with a film? Oh, really? This has always been a dream of her. She's a producer on this movie as well, so she was heavily involved in the mm. development of the movie. She has done Selena, which I think was a TV movie back in the mid-90s. But That was at the beginning of her career. But right at the beginning of her career, but she didn't sing in right. that film. They used the actual voice of the real Selena. Oh. So this is a whole new territory, believe it or not, that J-Lo's never done before. She's heading down that Will Smith route. <laughs> yes, it definitely is. Oh, my God. <laughs> do you know what? I missed that. I wish Will Smith would do that again. Do a yeah. movie with a soundtrack. Come on, when was the last time? Men in Legend Black. of Bag of Vance. No, I don't oh. think he did a soundtrack. <laughs> wild Wild West? Well, oh, yeah. Wicked Wild Wild West. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Come for the reviews, stay for the singing. <laughs> I think our listenership has just taken a nosedive. Yeah. The spectacle of the concerts in Marry Me and the performances, though, are just so much fun to watch. They're Amazing. full of sparkle, excess, glitz, and glamour. Carolyn Duncan was the costume designer and she put together all these custom pieces for J-Lo that were just stunning. Mm. Even just her casual wear was super glamorous, right? Yeah. I mean, gosh, when you think J-Lo, you think glamorous. And, of course, when you think Kat Valdez, you think glamorous as well. So they go hand in hand. And I actually feel that we got a film two for the price of one. We got a rom-com and a concert movie. Yeah, true. All new songs from J-Lo. Yeah. Amazing performances like you're at Madison Square Garden yourself. Big tick there from my perspective. Yeah. Let's talk about the wedding dress too because Ooh. it's this gorgeous thing made of rose gold. There was like eight layers of horsehair fabric, five layers of tulle, and it weighed, get this, 45 kilograms. Are you joking? No, 45 kilograms. Larger than life dress for an Epic, larger-than-life moment. Sorry, I'm stuck on the whole 45-kilogram point. Right. Like she was in that dress for a long time. She's fit, though. She's fit. Oh, my gosh. She Seriously. can carry it. J-Lo, damn. She didn't have to move much either. No, well, she probably couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> True. She definitely moved her body in other uh, dance numbers, that's for sure. But the dress was just huge in scale, and I think mm. that also created a nice perspective at different points. You know, when, when Kat breaks down on stage – and when Charlie and Kat are leaving the venue after getting married, 
it's so ridiculously huge. And to Charlie, he's suddenly in this huge over-the-top world that he feels uneasy in. And seeing them next to each other was just a great juxtaposition. Yeah, wasn't it just? It's like, he's like, what am I doing? She's like, what have I done? In her huge dress. Yeah, (laughs) but then I guess the layers come come away of both mm. of those characters. He builds more confidence and layers about his life and taking on a whole new perspective. Mm. And she does all the same. Um, and you never really, correct me if I'm wrong, see her in such a lavish, crazy 45 kilogram dress again, because no. that's not really her life anymore. No. Yeah. yeah, that's nice. Now, speaking of Charlie, we've already touched on JLo, unless mm. there's anything more you want to say about her performance? Well, I mean, as I've mentioned, she's a fantastic dramatic actress. You just have to look at TV series like mm. Shades of Blue or the movie Hustlers. Oh, Hustlers. And I'm still salty that she didn't get nominated for an Oscar. Me too. That. When you said that, I just got chills of rage coming down <laughs> my body because I was so like, angry. Justice for JLo. <laughs> but I love her in a rom com. And she's often underrated in this area due to, you know, sometimes hit and miss material and rom-coms are severely underrated but they're such a popular genre people love them so much and with good reason they make you feel all warm and fuzzy they do sometimes you don't have to be challenged when you're watching a film like you just want to be hugged mm-hmm. and have a little bit of a cringy giggle or laugh do, what what's your relationship with rom-coms do you love the genre are you really close to it i do when it's done well yeah you do have to take it seriously. You can't just be like, oh, rom-com, I'm just going to phone it in and make it cheesy because that's what they are. Yeah, like you yeah. have to put some effort in. Absolutely. I, th- I think this film really puts in a lot of effort. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is the first time that Owen Wilson and JLo have been together on screen since. Get this. I forgot they were in this film together. Anaconda back in 1997. No way. Yeah, yeah. I love them together as romantic leads. Yeah, I mean, Owen Wilson has been a romantic lead his whole career, Mm. basically. He knows how to do this and he's so pleasant to watch. You know, he has mellowed with age, though. Yeah. He's not as goofy as he has been in previous roles. Yeah, and I'm glad he wasn't goofy as Charlie in this film because it wouldn't have worked. Like, an observation I have about his performance is he did glide through it. But I guess that's part of his effortless charm that that of, of Owen Wilson. That he's he just does, Owen Wilson. He's just Owen Wilson. <laughs> and there's just such an endearing, lovable quality mm. about him. And he certainly brought that to the screen here. Yeah, endearing's a good word. And there are also similarities between this and Notting Hill, right, as, yeah. as a rom-com. He didn't know who Cat Valdez was, very similar to Hugh Grant not knowing Julie mm. Roberts was the biggest star in the world. Owen Wilson isn't as delightfully fumbling as Hugh Grant, though. What, what, what does he say? Goodness gracious, when he falls <laughs> off the... Oopsie-daisy. Oopsie-daisy, that's it. <laughs> Do you know why I say that? <laughs> Oopsie-daisy. call me Hugh. <laughs> Let's talk about Sarah Silverman, because yeah. you actually got to have a chat with Sarah Silverman I and did. Michelle Buteau. Yeah, very, very lovely chat. They're so good. Oh, my mm-hmm. God, I'm such a big fan of Sarah. Yeah, oh, my God, yes, me too. She's such a great best friend, though, too. Yes. I wish she was my best friend. (laughs) Sorry, she's mine now. Yeah. She's so supportive and she's ride or die for Charlie. She's there for him no matter what he's going through. I mean, there's a little bit of a selfish angle to it that she wants to get close to this world. She loves Kat Valdez. She's a huge fan, but she's also just really there for Charlie. She's all of us. She represents the fandom of like superstar and that (laughs) sort of like, oh my gosh, my life is like not complete unless I'm touching this person or like go to their (laughs) concert and it will complete me. Mm. You know, she's also for Charlie as as his best friend. She's the uh, push out of the door gal, like just putting you out of your comfort zone and encouraging you forward um, to experience life in a whole new way. Yeah. Ride or die. Ride or die. That's it. In fact, all the friends are. I really loved, with the exception of 
Maluma being a bit of a douche. Yeah. <laughs> As Bastion, obviously. <laughs> no inside information there. No. Yeah, all of the friends are really supportive and I loved that about yeah. this film. There's no dickhead friends. And no. John Bradley, especially. I've got I'm to call him out. Quite, yeah, yeah. He is lovely as Cat Valdez's manager and probably only true friend. Right. Yeah. yeah the yeah. emotional moments between J-Lo and, and Bradley's characters are beautiful to yeah. watch. You know, he has Cat's best intentions at heart. Yeah. And it's a real flip on the script of a superstar's manager as we've traditionally yeah. seen in films where they're so out of touch and they're just about driving results and money. Money, 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 money. But he had a heart. He had compassion for Cat. And I mm. really, really wasn't expecting that from his character. It's it's some of the most beautiful moments in the film. Yeah. When they're interacting with each other. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Well, on that a lovely note, Lee, do you think it's time for us to wrap up and rate our take on Marry Me? I think it is. Marry Me is a sweet modern romantic comedy that doesn't break the mould but fits it really well. It's everything you want in a movie like this and I love Owen Wilson and Jennifer Lopez together. They're such a good match and have great on-screen chemistry. Marry Me is also a look behind the scenes at modern fame and adds a shot of reality to the crazy world of celebrity that we all get so caught up in. Mm. I'm giving Marry Me three and a half popcorn kernels out of five. Nice wrap up, Lee. Well, Marry Me is a delightful, fun, silly but endearing rom-com audiences are going to love. If you're a fan of J-Lo, this is the film for you. She is a superstar and delivers an expected but lovely performance here alongside her incredible pop star status. It's a rom-com for the modern age, so flips the scripts here and there, but doesn't revolutionise the genre. But that's fine. It simply honours it quite well. And I'm going to rate Marry Me 3 Popcorn Kernels. There you have it, guys. Marry Me is in Australian cinemas now. And don't forget to head over to the Popcorn Podcast YouTube channel for our interview with the film stars, Sarah Silverman and Michelle Buteau. It's a lot of fun. All right, Lee, let's jump into our news and trailer section. Lots to cover off today, which is exciting. Lee, David Lynch has been cast in Steven Spielberg's semi-autobiographical film, The Fablemans. Lynch's role is currently unknown, but it marks the first time the celebrated filmmakers have collaborated on a project that's awesome. Yeah, pretty cool. I wonder if it'll be, you know, further along in life when he starts his career as a as a director. Maybe he meets all these other directors. Yeah, maybe. Playing themselves? I don't know. Well, see, semi-autobiographical. Biographical, like how do you interpret that? So would mm. David Lynch be playing David Lynch? I don't know. See that? that you I would don't think know. so. Yeah, I mean, he's he's right for the role. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. I'm not convinced till I see it. So the plot details for the Fablemans are also under wraps. It's currently in post production. Mm. It's believed the film will draw from Spielberg's family and time growing up in Arizona. I'm so intrigued by this project. Oh, Love to see this. Now, look, get a load of the cast that's already been announced. Michelle Williams, Seth Rogen, Paul Dano, Julia Butters, and newcomer Gabrielle LaBelle. It is expected for release later this year around November. Can't wait. But, Tim, what we don't have to wait long for is the most wonderful time of the year. It's the most wonderful time <laughs> of the year. Yes, it's Oscar season, folks, <laughs> and the Oscar nominations dropped this week. We have much to discuss, so let's take a look at some of just the main categories yep. and pull out the snubs and surprises from the announcements that were made. So the biggest thing, I guess, is that Jane Campion oh, yes. has made history as the first woman to be nominated twice in the Best Director category for her direction of The Power of the Dog. Now, amazing accolade, amazing so achievement. Deserved. But also, WTF, 
the first woman to only have been nominated yep. twice. Fuck yeah. That's just ridiculous. And just a little thing. I stumbled across this on Netflix last night. So mm. The Power of the Dog you can stream on Netflix now. Uh-huh. But there's a – it's very short, like a 17-minute – look into the the process of making the film and Jane Campion is wow. front and center you see her work the cast her thinking about the source material and and how she operates mm-hmm. and i i was so mad that it was only 17 minutes because it is a fascinating mm. insight to how she works as a director i highly recommend it do you know what's also fascinating i'm going to herald our own website here because we have a feature on our website that goes into the directing style of jane campion so check that out when you get a second great piece written by tessa there kenneth branner has also broken a record as the first person to be nominated in seven different oscar categories throughout their career Wild. so he's been nominated in seven different categories throughout his whole career. Yeah, so in the past he's he's landed nods for director for Henry V, actor for the same film, supporting actor in My Week with Marilyn, adapted screenplay for Hamlet, a lot of uh, mm. Shakespeare here, and also a live-action short uh, called Swan Song back in the day. Amazing. So very, very celebrated actor. And, of course, his film Belfast has been nominated for multiple awards this year. Yeah, so deserve it as well. So in the Best Actress category, we've got Jessica Chastain, Olivia Coleman, Penelope Cruz, Nicole Kidman, and thank goodness, Kristen Stewart for Spencer. I can sleep at night soundly now. We were so nervous for a while, weren't we? Yeah. Who's your pick from this category? Look, that's so mean because my wife is in there, Nicole Kidman. So <laughs> like, you know, ooh. Um, Penelope Cruz. I, like I you thought her performance, yeah, maybe not the front run, but her performance in Parallel Mothers was extraordinary. Yeah. So I think Kristen will win it, but I'd be, you know, fist pumping if Penelope took it. I'd love all of these ladies to get mm. it. It's such a strong category, but yeah, I really, really want Kristen Stewart to get it because it is the most incredible transformation. She's so deserved for the work she put in. Yeah, her first nomination ever, mm-hmm. the first of many, I'm sure. Now, Best Actor, mm. Javier Bardem's in there and you really loved his I performance did. in Being the Ricardos. I did, I did. It's another really strong category. We've also got Benedict Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom, which I absolutely adored. I really Fantastic. hope he gets it. Yeah. Will Smith for King Richard and Denzel Washington for The Tragedy of Macbeth. Like, how do you pick yeah. from this category? They I were know. all incredible performances. Who do you think has the edge? Look, I think it's between Andrew Garfield and Will Smith, personally. Really? Mm. Denzel oh, you, Washington is just Yeah, so you've been good. riding the Denzel train ever since since we saw the tragedy I, of Macbeth. I, I think Javier Bardem, unfortunately, is going to be sort of pushed to the bottom of the sure. list. But, yeah, I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch too. Bloody mm. hell, his performance was so good. Look, the long and short of it is it could go to anyone in this category, right? Uh, I My gut feeling is saying Will Smith. Okay, yeah. Listen to your gut. All right, best director. We mentioned Kenneth Branagh earlier. We've also got Drive My Car director, Ryosuke Hamaguchi, Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza, Jane Campion, as we mentioned before, for The Power of the Dog, and old mate Steven Spielberg <laughs> for West Side Story. Yeah, such another strong category here, but I think Jane Campion is going to get it. Although, you know, Steven Spielberg's really going to give her a run for the money. I think for the prestige, he'll probably be a front runner. Mm. Um, I'm surprised that Aaron Sorkin wasn't in here for being the Ricardos. Yeah, good point. Yeah, I mean, he, he did direct a very mm. solid film in being the Ricardos. People have also said Wes Anderson is missing. I didn't think that the French Dispatch warranted an award this time, but... I think it was overlooked in a few of the technical categories mm. like production design yeah. and editing and Yeah, it would have been great there. Yeah, and cinematography. So that that's a real, real shame because the French Dispatch ticks all those boxes, mm. of course, like a Wes Anderson film would. Who would you pick out of the best director? 
Look, I think Spielberg might have it in the bag, but I'm going to um, side with you on Jane Campion. It's probably going to be the one that takes the yeah. trophy. So best picture is a huge category. We've got Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, June, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog and West Side Story. Now, we didn't really talk about Nightmare Alley on the podcast. No. We have seen it. Mm. I didn't love it. Yeah, it seems like a really odd entry in in here from my I mean costuming again and cinematography Set definitely. Design, yeah, yeah, 100%. From here, I don't know if I could pick, but I think The Power of the Dog might take it. Mm-hmm. Belfast is right up there though. Yeah, Drive My Car has come out of the shadows yeah. big time recently, so that could be the big upset or surprise of the night. Mm-hmm. I just want to pull out two films that I that I'm confused as to why they're in there. Don't look up. I fucking hated. Mm-hmm. There's obviously a lot of division on the mm-hmm. internet, people's opinion on that Netflix film. But then Coda is an Apple TV Plus original movie. Mm-hmm. I only watched it very recently. Mm-hmm. It's a nice, lovely film. It's not best picture worthy. I find it really strange that it's in this category. Yeah, I was surprised to see Don't Look Up in there, definitely. Yeah. I'm equally surprised not to see Spencer in there. Or Parallel Mothers, but we have discussed in our Parallel Mothers episode about why that might be. There's a lot of politics going on behind the scenes Yeah, definitely. Mm. Change of pace here, Lee. Let's talk about the best costume design Mm. category. We've got Cruella, Cyrano, Dune, Nightmare Alley and West Side Story. This is a tough one. Yeah, we haven't seen Cyrano yet. It's coming out in Australia next week. Yes. I'm so excited to see this. I'm really drawn to this film. Yeah. I don't know why. Even before you've seen it, it's really drawing you in. I really, really think it's going to be a beautiful romantic drama. Yeah, I love that. Costume design, I hope Cruella wins. Yeah. I mean, geez. Big, bold. Yeah. But West Side Story too, absolutely incredible costumes. Unbelievable. And let's jump into best animated feature. Mm -hmm. Of course, there's a selection of Pixar and Disney films in here. We've got Encanto. We have Flea, Luca, The Mitchells vs. The Machines and Raya, The Last Dragon. You know, I am so excited to see The Mitchells vs. The Machines in there. I think... It's so deserving of yep. being in there. And I hope it wins. I think it will. I don't think it'll beat Encanto mm. or Raya and the Last Dragon. Yeah. Oh, Raya is not the strongest animated film in that category. I think Encanto's yeah. better than mm-hmm. Raya. But I reckon Mitchell's vs. the Machines is going to take the cake. You reckon? Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. So best international feature too. We have to talk about this just to wrap things up. Mm. We've got Drive My Car, Flea, The Hand of God, Lunana, A Yak in the Classroom. I haven't actually heard of that one. <laughs> it's the best I'm one I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch that one. And The Worst Person in the World. And, you know, Drive My Car, as you said, has come out of nowhere and it's a top favourite. Yeah. But I loved The Worst Person in the World. Yeah. That and Nine Days were my favourite films of 2021. So Oh, yeah, Nine Days. Where's yeah. Nine Days? Oh, it's... it's it, it did that come out? Me. Did that come out too early to be included in this year's? Oh yes, it was a limited window. You're right. Might have to dig that detail up, but that's probably oh. why it's not in there. But the worst person in the world, let's say, call it my favorite film of the year. So I'm very, very excited that it's been mm. recognised in this category. One thing I do want to call out though is, is best visual effects because we've got a lot of Disney and Marvel films in there, which is yeah. Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Spider Man, No Way Home. That's amazing. And Free yeah. Guy. Free Guy. As well. That's right. You don't often see those kind of superhero flicks in these categories. Uh, rounding out the category of best visual effects is June and No Time to Die. Oh, I reckon it's between those two, to be honest. Between June and No Time to Die? Yeah. Yeah, yeah June was pretty impressive. Very impressive. I think I think it's got it in the bag. Yeah. 
Well, I know, Lee, we could talk about the Oscars <laughs> all day. But we won't. But we won't because uh, we got to move on to some other exciting news and trailer drops this week. Lee Livingstone, Bohemian Rhapsody <laughs> producer Graham King, is bringing the story of the king of pop, Michael Jackson for those playing at home, to the big screen with the simple title, Michael. I know you're so excited about this news. I was str- I was wondering whether I'd be able to get that paragraph out because I was too <laughs> excited, but I made it. The biopic has been given the blessing of Jackson's estate, which is huge, and three-time Oscar nominee John Logan is penning the script. There's no word yet on what period of Jackson's life it will cover mm. or if they'll include the multiple allegations of sexual abuse that Michael was accused of. Mm. Like I hope they do. I hope they don't shy away from doing an honest they have film. To. Yeah, but th- this makes me a little nervous because I'm a huge Michael Jackson mm. fan and his life is so extraordinary. The Jackson 5s, his solo career and then, you know, his rise, fall, mm. rise and fall and then his untimely death at the age of mm. 50. Do, are they going to cover that entire period? It's really hard to do that in these kind of biopics, isn't it? We saw that yeah. with Rocket Man. That yeah. did it really well, though. It did because it was a very contained part of Elton John's life. Mm. And then, obviously, Bohemian Rhapsody, far less superior film to Rocketman, mm. in my opinion. But, yeah, with Michael, it could try and juggle too many things because his life was so, mm. like, extraordinary. Maybe do, like, a three-part trilogy like The Lord of the Rings. Or bring Peter Jackson on board to direct. Michael 1, 2, and 3. <laughs> you know what? They probably <laughs> <laughs> Okay, question, though. Yeah. Have they ever done, like, a sequel to a biopic before? Like, no. This could be the first time. Yeah. Anyway, let's lobby for that. Yeah. We got some incredible trailers this week, Tim. The official Jurassic World Dominion trailer came out and boy, oh boy, are we in for an adventure. Holy shit. Yep. This film will see the epic conclusion to the Jurassic World era or the whole Jurassic era. Do you think yeah. they're going to do any more? Uh, probably, but maybe <laughs> they'll take a little bit of a break after this. Yeah. And two generations are uniting for the first time. So Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard are joined by legacy cast members Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum and Sam Neill from the original Jurassic Park films. I'm sorry, but how good was that like hero shot at the end yes. of the trailer where they're all in the one frame together? It's like a wet my pants. <laughs> It's so funny when Chris Pratt and Sam Neill are both, don't move. That's my line. (laughs) Stay in your lane. Do you know what I loved about the trailer as well, though? Like, I get so emotional. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. I get, well, I think everyone does. I get so emotional. The work that originally went into these dinosaurs and what Steven Spielberg created Mm. connected with people. You connected with dinosaurs, for goodness sake. And, you know, when, when the Triceratops is like lying there breathing and you go, oh. He's so oh. sick. And every time the bloody Brontosaurus or Brachiosaurus, you know, the ones with the long necks, yeah. are like calling out to each other. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> I, I get teary. I get so emotional because these films were so integral to our childhoods. They were magical. They were beautiful. And I just love that they're harkening back to some of those moments. Do you know what I mean? Like, did you see in the trailer that Laura Dern sort of pulls her glasses, glasses off down. the same way? And is wearing the, the red top tied yes. at, at her waist. I'm thinking, girl, you can rock that 30 years on. Yeah, like, amazing. Oh, Leah, I can't wait to see this movie with you. The, it's the, making the me inten- emotional. The intensity <laughs> in your eyes, your body language when you were recounting that. I was like, oh, 
How lucky am I well, to have watched this movie? I with guess you? I'm a few years older than you, so it maybe didn't have that same impact oh, on you. Or? Oh fuck, it did. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, Jurassic Park was like one of my favorite films yeah. growing up. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just stunning what Steven Spielberg created. What a legacy. Mm. Well, let's just recount uh, a little bit about what this film has in store for us. So, Dominion promises to be a bold, timely, and breathtaking new adventure from director Colin. Trevorrow that spans the globe, taking place four years after Isla Nublar has been destroyed. Dinosaurs now live and hunt alongside humans all over the world in an uneasy balance that will reshape the future and question whether we will remain the apex predators on a planet now shared with history's deadliest creatures. That's right. Jurassic World Dominion roars into Australian cinemas on June 9. So we don't have long to wait for that Not one. Not long at all. Okay, Lee Lightyear got a full-length trailer revealing that every hero has a beginning. Lightyear is the definitive origin story of Buzz Lightyear, voiced by Chris Evans, the hero who inspired the toy and follows the legendary space ranger on an intergalactic adventure. This trailer was awesome. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty fun. I don't know why. I'm not I'm not super stoked for this film. It seems like a pretty random project, but I'm not mad about it. No, no, mm. no. Well, Disney and Pixar's Lightyear lands in Australian cinemas from June 16. We also got an explosive first trailer for Blumhouse's Firestarter this week. In a new adaptation of Stephen King's classic thriller, a girl with extraordinary pyrokinetic powers fights to protect her family and herself from sinister forces that seek to capture and control her. I had no idea this movie was being made. It stars oh. Zac Efron. It's a very different type of film for him mm. to be in. And we were only talking offline about your love of Stephen King. Mm. So are you excited for this and just yet another Stephen King <laughs> adaptation? You always get a bit nervous when Stephen King books are adapted. But when he's involved, I think he's given it his blessing maybe. I don't know. He oh, He's very bl- blessing man. Like he's he relaxed. His, yeah, yeah, very relaxed. But as you said or alluded to, Stephen King adaptations are very hit and miss. Hopefully this is a hit. What kind of misses would you say? Well, I liked It Chapter 1, the the recent right. one, but It Chapter 2 was a massive misfire. Mm. Um, the remake of Carrie, not so good. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think they made a, the Mist TV series, right. which was just pointless because they made a very great Frank Darapont directed The Mist, you know, mm. in, in the early noughties. But you know what all those things have in common? They're yeah. all remakes. They've already been done really well. And there then people go. try to, you know, add another Jenga on it and they destroy the whole thing. Come on. We don't Leave want to see a Stephen King Jenga tower topple mm-hmm. down anymore. So the story follows parents Andy, played by Zac Efron, and Vicky, played by Sydney Lemon, who have been on the run to hide their daughter Charlie, Ryan Kira Armstrong. She's great, by the way. Right. She's really great from a sinister federal agency that wants to harness her gift for creating fire into a weapon of mass destruction. Firestarter heats up the big screen in Australia uh, on May 12. And there you have it, guys. That's another episode of Popcorn Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our review of Marry Me. Guys, it's in Australian cinemas now, so check it out. And as always, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. We are now on YouTube, guys, where you will find our latest celebrity video interviews. Simply search Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a single one. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.